Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, the Career Tools Rule of Job Applications, 75%. Here we go. Have you noticed, have you noticed, because I'm sure you've noticed, because you just notice about everything that people <laughs> do, <laughs> but there seems to be like two types of job seekers. There's those that, there must be the same guys or gals that are raising their hand at classes all through high school and college for every question the professor ever asked, because they apply for every single job that's out there that they see whether they're qualified for it or not. And then there are those who don't apply unless they think they are 100%. They're 100% sure that they're qualified for the job. Yeah. And both of them have issues. Both of those extremes have issues. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've always chalked it up to just insecurity about, you know, gosh, I've got to apply to everything because, you know, the chances of me getting anything are really small. So I've just got to make a big, the fun top of my funnel has to be very big. And those who don't apply to anything, it's a different kind of a despair, which is, you know, I'm, I'm not right for anything at all. Or maybe it's the difference between a psychotic and a neurotic in terms of how they approach their insecurities. What's frustrating about it is when people, when you talk to people about it, we've got to not talk about emotional state. We've got to talk about behavior. You know, here's what we recommend you do and here's how we recommend you do it. And recruiters get frustrated only at the first part, right? At the ones who apply for everything. Uh, unfortunately, what that means is that recruiters who see resumes that aren't right become fairly cynical fairly quickly, and they'll go through a stack of resumes really fast because there are so many that ought not to be in the pile. And so a lot of these behaviors work against us. Now, we, we've said before that the whole process of recruiting and interviewing and hiring is a really inefficient process. On the other hand, based on behaviors that exist in the marketplace, each actor is behaving appropriately. And since the actors all have different goals, you can't really argue with the inherent conflict tension and therefore inefficiency. There are better ways, and that's what this cast is about. We recognize that it's hard to decide. Sometimes you might be a, a confident person, and yet you look at the, the job description and say, gee, I'm just not sure. How, you know, should I, should I not? And so to help with making the decision of, of whether to apply or not, We've basically taken our experiences recruiting and managers, and we've basically thought about what does it mean based on what you have and what the job requires? You know, what does it take to apply? And um, we want to lay out the career tools rule of job applications. We've got four bullets to today's cast. We're only going to cover three of them on air. The first one is the rule. Um, and the rule is if you can match up to 75% of the job, then you ought to apply. If you can look at your background and you can look at the job description and you could say, I fit for about 75% of that, then you ought to apply. The second point we want to make, which is something that I think a lot of candidates don't recognize, is there is no such thing as a perfect candidate. Now, the people who over-apply would say to that, well, I know that, and so therefore I'm going to apply to everything because who knows? I may have the perfect background, and it's just not clear to me from the application. Well, we wouldn't want you to go that far and apply to every job, but there really isn't a perfect candidate. And frankly, what HR thinks is a perfect candidate and what man hiring manager thinks is a perfect candidate are, are two different things. 
So we want that out of people's heads. And then we're going to make some recommendations for how to assess the 75%. In other words, what to look at, what to look for, and how to think about it. Our last bullet, we're going to call a worked example. Um, because it doesn't really lend itself to audio, we're going to, we're going to make it available just as premium content, which is a job description and a resume and mapping one versus the other to show how we get to the 75%. Um, the example is it is an IT project manager job in, in London in the city, uh, but, but it applies anywhere in the world. And because again, because it doesn't lend itself terribly well to verbalization, just listing a bunch of bullets, we're going to leave it as premium content for those folks who are, who are premium members. Excellent. Okay. So let's talk about the rule first. That's the 75% rule for job application. What does that mean? Yeah, it's easy. You know, we're definitely about how, but let's be clear about the rule first and how supports the rule. Definitely. The rule says, if you believe you can do 75% of the job, apply. Wow. You don't need 100%, right? We don't believe you need 100% of the skills, traits, and abilities that the job description or advertisement asks for in order to apply for the role. Now, now you may get beat out if you have 75% and somebody else has 90, but that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the decision of whether or not you believe you should put your your resume, yourself, your background into the funnel. Okay, so let me let me stop you. I, I, I understand that, but and it feels like a little bit like just kind of taking a shot because if I can only do 75% of it, and I'm jumping ahead, but we, we have a process. You talked about the point four, the stuff that will be in premium content shows very clearly how to do this. If you only have 75%, isn't that like saying like, like I don't believe that 25% of the requirements as specified by the hiring manager recruiter are valid or don't mean anything? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It seems kind of gutsy. <laughs> Well, you know, let me put it this way. This is a career tools cast and Wendy's responsible um, for a lot of our career tools stuff. And look, if you'd have told me that our business would be based on work with someone in London that I didn't get a chance to meet for a couple of years, I mean, there are all kinds of reasons why we hire people. Wendy's background is not the background I would have expected. You know, when I think back to getting hired at Procter & Gamble, I don't think they were necessarily looking for a military person. So the number of times that someone has worked out good, worked out well, as Wendy has, for example, despite the fact that on paper you wouldn't have seen them as the perfect candidate, goes to the issue that human beings are inherently incredibly diverse all of us have different skills. Some of those skills uh, translate well to paper, some don't. And so there is uh, the chance for serendipity that, frankly, recruiters, when they're hiring managers, secretly hope for most recruiters, most HR people don't. They want to winnow the field and so on. But look, if nothing else, even if it's not explicitly stated, the published job description is really often a combination of essential skills and then desired experience. I mean, look, what you want is the perfect candidate, but everyone understands there is not a perfect candidate. Let me say it this way. If you find a perfect candidate on paper, all you have to have is one time in your life, have the perfect candidate be a terrible fit or a terrible interview or just not a pleasant person to say, okay, how hard do I want to make 
the paper process of winnowing some a group down, how hard do I want to make it so that I end up with only those people who are great on paper? And then when I meet them in person, discover that there's no way the person is in there, right? Right, exactly. I also go further and say, there are plenty of, of managers. Let's leave HR out of it because they're generally better at it, but for different reasons. There are very few managers who have thought through the necessary skills well enough that they can get it accurate on paper, right? True. And so I, I think essentially it is both essential skills and desired skills, desired experience. And since desirable is by definition not essential, you don't need to have it in order to apply. Yeah. And I guess when you're looking at the the requirements, you can't guess, right? At which it's which twenty-five percent are essential and which or which seventy-five percent are essential, what twenty-five percent are not essential. And so seventy-five percent just seems like a pretty easy rule to follow. At least it's a rule of thumb that seems to work. Better than guessing. Yeah, career tools is not saying if you have 75%, you're going to get the job. We're giving you a helpful, uh, a helping guidance. Compare your experience, your abilities, uh, your skills to the job description. And if 75% match, apply. Okay. Now, again, you could get beaten out by somebody with 90% of the skills. You could get beaten out by somebody with 50% of the skills in some cases. Okay. But if you're wondering, should I apply or shouldn't I apply? 75% is the rule. No, no, look. Think of it this way, for newly created roles, right, and a company that's expanding, which a lot of people would say, hey, that'd be good. I'd like to go to work for a company that's expanding. The job description that's been come up with is a wish list. Yeah, I've done right? that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, as Wendy says, she'd be rich if she had a penny for every time she'd heard a hiring manager say, I'd really like it if they had X, but I'm okay if they don't, Right. Yeah. Well, sure. Well, you know, when you're creating a new position, you're looking again, you're, you're trying to set yourself up, up for success and you're trying for the perfect candidate. When you sit there and you're putting this thing together, you're going like, okay, I got to have this, this, and this, but man, it'd be awesome if I could have this. Yeah. And why not put it down? It'd be more awesomer if I could have this. Yeah. And, and, and so why not put it down? Because, because maybe my, you know, look, if I'm the higher manager, wouldn't it be ideal if there was only one person that fit and I only have to interview one person and on paper and in person, she was perfect. And the interview was a dream. Yeah, it'd be great. And this system is inherently flawed, inherently inefficient. And, um, folks, you're welcome to write in and tell us that you don't, you don't like the system. Just remember that um, career tools didn't, didn't make it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And it's great. The 75% rule really saves you from managers like me. Cause if you, if you looked at the job descriptions I put out there, job requirements, you'd go like, oh, I can't, I can't interview for that. I can't interview right. for that. I can't interview for that. Right. And you might have been a perfect choice for me. Right. Yeah. So by the time you see it in black and white, things look essential, but that particular skill or that particular ability really isn't essential and it never was essential. And so that 75% rule saves you from the fact that it's a witch list and there are some things that no one is going to have, or when you put it all together, no one is going to have all of it. And it's just to eliminate people who apply for everything um, because HR people don't tell hiring managers. They don't say to them, oh, no, no, make the make the list as small as possible so you can have the biggest pile of resumes to go through because you never know. Well, how much better is the look through a resume than the actual thinking about skills? Because it's still on paper, um, you know, you don't hire paper, you hire a person. And so 
this is just a way to think about matching yourself up against various jobs. Uh, something else too, I I um I was thinking about this when I Wendy and I were talking about this cast is that if you think about the seventy five percent, it totally changes the industries that you can consider because there are people who say, you know, there are managers who say, I need experience in the publishing industry, for instance. Well, if that's a requirement, but you don't have it, you could still apply if you're still within the 75% rule because shoot, there are all, all kinds of situations where the processes and systems are largely the same or the basic, the basic way the company makes profit is largely the same. The way you take out costs is largely the same and your experience can translate very effectively from one industry to another. Right. On the other hand, not having a 75% rule puts in position of perhaps feeling like the second case of folks we talked about who apply for everything. That's not terribly great either. Yeah. Look, there's a balance to be struck, right? Between applying for very few and applying for too many. Wendy says you don't get any job you don't apply for, which is the old, right? You don't hit any, you don't swing at. But applying for hundreds of roles and not even being invited to interview can be very demoralizing. What's funny is the person who who is so uncertain of their prospects and applies to everything because secretly they just, they don't feel good about themselves, then gives themselves lots of data to not feel good about themselves. And it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a downward spiral and, and, and we don't recommend it. And if you don't apply to anything, right, you're not going to get it. But, but if you apply the 75% rule and you go through the exercise, you're going to avoid the negatives of those two extremes. Yes, we freely admit there's a chance because of your background, the timing, that you could apply the 75% rule and still not get called in. And we understand that, that that could happen. But your chances of that happening are much less if you apply the career tool 75% rule. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's go back to your statement that there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. I suspect some folks are going to have some challenges with that, right? They're concerned that 75% is not enough of a fit for them to apply for a job. Yeah, okay. But look, recruiters know there's no such thing as the perfect candidate. And again, they especially know it at the resume stage, right? And recruiters do, internal recruiters do in general, and some external recruiters as well, do work hard to teach hiring managers that there isn't a perfect candidate. Look, suppose you're going to buy a car. There are three things which are important to you. Let's say um, you live in the city, so the fuel economy in the city is important. You have small children, and so safety is important to you. And three, you, let's say you like to go off-road, um, maybe not with your small kids, right? So you want four-wheel drive. Then after that, there's a whole list of things which are less important. You know, you like a red car, all things being equal, which they never are, <laughs> but blue is okay. You'd like to have something which is easy to keep clean, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. You could stain guard the seats. Um, and, and your budget is, you know, let's say $10,000, $15,000, but you could spend another $5,000 for something you really love. So you go around the car dealer's website and you decide on three options, which all fit your criteria, but then you go to the showroom and you fall in love with a minivan, which can't go off-road, but does give you DVD screens built in to entertain the children and the kids are in the car a lot when you're driving around. You know, we all take that for granted, right? Okay, well, we're going to give up the opera, but man, we get the DVDs, right? Hiring managers and recruiters work exactly the same way. There are inevitably three or four, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, three or four skills or experiences which are very important to them, but they could be dropped if they were mitigated by another skill 
which isn't even listed, right? So the point is, if the job is close enough for you to consider it, and you go through the exercises and decide to apply, you probably do have the things which are most important. I think part of this, I mean, the reason we've come up with 75% is it implies some rigor on our part. So the rigor is going to eliminate a lot of opportunities that you just aren't right for and increase the chances that you're going to see yourself in a positive life light relative to those jobs that you could have a chance to fit for. You know, Hiring managers w- would often say, look, that's not really the process I go through. I don't really think it through that way, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought when, you, when we first discussed this. And then I sat back and realized that, man, I did do this. A large part of it was just unconscious. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's, uh, it, it's totally unconscious. And, and, and secretly, the unconscious is completely messed up by the ideal candidate. And for too many managers, you know who the ideal candidate is? themselves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and who can guarantee that they have the exact same background as the hiring manager? If you don't know the hiring manager background, you, you know, it doesn't work. Now, LinkedIn helps a little bit with that, right? If you can find them, if you know who the hiring manager is and you can find them, you can say, wow, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm just like her. That would increase the chances that you'll do well because of the similarity effect. And that in fact happens, right? But look, the hiring manager says, nah, that's not the way I think. And then they see 10 or 15 resumes, which HR allows them to see, if you will, and they imagine that somewhere out there is the mythical perfect candidate, the unicorn candidate, and they say, keep looking. But as the HR, as the recruiter in HR tries to educate them, the fact is there's a chance that a hiring manager is going to be somebody who doesn't know this and keeps looking. And so even though you've got 75%, they want perfect. And yep, you're right. There's nothing we can do about that. But the 75% makes it much easier to eliminate, much easier to eliminate both ends of the spectrum and gives you a fair shot at an opportunity. And, and again, we think you'll feel better about the opportunities that you apply for. Okay. Now that we've gone over the, the background, right? How, how do we work out? What's the process for figuring out whether or not we have the 75%? Okay. So simple. Here's how you do it. First, you need the job description, right? Or or the advertisement. You need it right in front of you. You take a sheet of paper and on the top line, you write the first requirement. For example, experience implementing Oracle 10G, okay? Or experience in sales in Southeast Asia. You leave four lines of blank space underneath that requirement. And then you write the next requirement, okay? Then... Again, you leave four lines of blank space and you write the next requirement. I mean, it literally is. If you've already figured it out, it's this easy, okay? Now, there are some of you who are thinking, well, it's easy, but it takes time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, and there are thousands of jobs. And I'm amazed at people who say, well, you know, gosh, I, you know, that, that's a lot of work. We have, we have another cast called Easy Tools that makes all this stuff even easier. Yeah. Which is just don't do anything and... Yeah. Uh, please, can, can I make a lot of money and have it be easy? That'd be great. Be awesome. Yeah. As I tell people all the time, I remember, I remember one time a person said to me, look, Mark, I'm retiring from the military. I'm an Air Force colonel. And, you know, I feel like I can do anything with anybody. You give me a staff of 15 or 20 and I can, I, you know, shoot, I could change the world. And so what I'd really like, you know, I, I got grandkids now. So what I'm hoping for, I'm, I'm retired from the military. So I have half pay. So I really don't need a job, but I want to contribute. I want to be a part of a team. So, hey, what I'd like is a job that pays about $100,000 a year. And um, this is a number of years ago. And, and um, you know, if I could work three to four days a week at it and just keep my team busy all the time, that'd be great. 
<laughs> and I said, you know, there, there are three or four people in this room that would kill you and take that job from you if they knew that that job existed. But it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's more, anybody who would say something like that isn't smart enough to do a job that's that good. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> little tangent there. Um, so basically, you continue down the page, writing all the listed requirements, giving yourself four lines of blank space until you've got all of the requirements listed with spaces between them. Now... You take your career management document. Okay. Now, for those of you who have not heard our resume cast, that's the document which lists all the responsibilities and accomplishments you've ever had. And it's the document, it's the core document from which you create your resume. Lacking that, you use your resume and you look for accomplishment bullets or responsibilities which demonstrate the skill or experience in the requirement. So, under the first one, experiment, experience implementing Oracle 10G, you would write, delivered Oracle 10G implementation project on time and on budget across four European countries. If, of course, you had that, <laughs> right? And to help you remember when you did that, write the employer you were at when you did that on the same line as the accomplishment you're writing it down on, okay? So you go through every single one of your accomplishments, every single one of your responsibilities, and compare it to every single one of the job description responsibilities and you do this, you compare for every single one. You, you look at the responsibility, you look at the, the job description, the advertisement, and you say, okay, anything in my background that matches to that, anything at all. So you're, talking, you're going from, so you're not going responsibility, responsibility, the job requirements. You're not going from that and looking at your, your career document every time. You're going to your career document first, looking at a responsibility that you had or an accomplishment, and looking at a place that you can place it on this sheet that you've described. Yeah, yeah you could do it. You, look, you could do it either way. It'd be ideal, right? If, if you looked at the, the requirement and you went over and immediately had one on your career document. But you can do it the other way around, provided it's a close to a perfect match, right? And if they ask for customer service experience and you have customer service, even if it's a different industry, then it's fine, right? Can you put one of your requirements under, or, or, I'm sorry, can you put one of your responsibilities or accomplishments, um, can you put that under multiple job requirements? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Right? It, right. I mean, look, if you, um, particularly if it was one, you know, if, if you implemented something across four countries in Europe, there's probably tons of things related to it. For instance, if, if they asked for leading complex teams... And your accomplishment is delivered an implementation project on time and on budget across four European countries. You probably didn't do that yourself. You probably had a complex team and it probably took months, months and months and months and months. And if it took months and months and months and months, um, then it was probably a complex team. You might choose to describe it a little bit differently, but as long as you understand that that accomplishment addresses that responsibility or that job description item, then you're fine. So yeah, we are trying to find a match. That's the whole point of this. And the beauty of it is, if you're trying to find a match, and we're not suggesting wild connections that, that people won't believe, but use, use your common sense. You're a smart person. So you compare the two. And if you try your best to make a fit and you only get to 50%, our recommendation is don't apply for that job, right? Right. So, okay. Now look, going further, there are some requirements where it's impossible to demonstrate on a resume, right? Yeah. Works well under pressure. 
Yeah, it works well under pressure, which is one of the ones in the, in the in the premium content that we've got here. If you've achieved great results, though, it's likely that you can work well under pressure. Now, look, you wouldn't write "I work well under pressure" on your resume. You know, unsubstantiated statements like that are totally disregarded by the reader. And please, folks, if you still have a qualifications section or a summary section at the top of your resume, I'm sorry. I know there are people who recommend that, and that's fine, and you're welcome to follow their guidance. But ask a bunch of hiring managers, ask a bunch of recruiters whether or not they look at that stuff, and the answer is they don't. Everybody puts the same thing. Works well under pressure, excellent communicator, business leader, achieves results, uh, make things happen, motivator of people. It's like, gee, Let's all talk about, you know, for, for the for the folks in the U.S., it'd be, you know, baseball and apple pie in America, you know, or at least just baseball, right? So, look, what you would do at the, at the interview is you demonstrate you worked well under pressure by describing a situation where you were under pressure and the result was positive. So, you really don't need to write those requirements when you, when you write your list, okay? Because that's not going to be on anybody's resume, or if it is, it's in the summary section, which is going to get ignored. That said, if you go for an interview and you get asked about that, you will want to have mapped the accomplishments that you have that prove that you've worked well under pressure and, and be able to describe the pressure that you were under and how you're able to achieve high results. But that's not a criteria necessarily for the 75%. Okay? Gotcha. You wouldn't have to write that down. Now, look, how do you account for what you've got on the page, which is all these responsibilities, all these deliverables, if you will, for the job and your bullets underneath them? If you have two to three bullets for 75% of their responsibilities listed in the advertisement or the job description, then you definitely apply for the job. So if they had 12 requirements and you have two bullets for six of them and three bullets for three of them, then it's worth applying, okay? Now, it may be that the three essential requirements are the three you don't have bullets for. In this case, that's an example where this system of thinking about things isn't foolproof. But frankly, it's unlikely. And who's to say that you know what the three essential requirements are? In some cases, you won't. And so this method is better than just guessing, right? Right. Now, look, don't forget that applying is not just about having the accomplishments, but demonstrating those. So when you tailor your resume, when you create your resume from your career management document, make sure that the accomplishments you've just written onto your list are the ones that make it onto the resume, right? Uh, that they're at the top of each of your accomplishment sec sections, right? Uh, in the example we've got that we've worked up uh, for premium content holders, we've created a resume for our mythical candidate, Bob, and you can see how he tailors his resume to include the accomplishments he lists on the accounting. Right. And in case you're confused and you haven't listened to our interviewing series, we recommend that for every position you interview for, you create a resume specifically for that job, not create one resume that you share with 100 different companies in 500 different positions. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, if you only have one bullet, uh, now it, it depends if this is a job, it's possible that one bullet could, uh, one accomplishment that you have in your past could in fact qualify you. We don't, don't generally recommend it. It would 
tend to apply if you believe the job is somewhat entry level and you have maybe only a couple of years of experience. In that case, one bullet might uh, might be a good criteria. But after you've gotten to five to seven years of experience, particularly if you're talking about a, a senior individual contributor job or a management job, then you want two to three bullets for 75% of their responsibilities. Now, again, it's not foolproof, but it's a great way to think about what you've done and whether or not it's right for a particular job. And going through this process is going to make you much more knowledgeable about what you're good at. It's going to make you much more knowledgeable in terms of preparing for an interview and much more knowledgeable about the types of jobs you're going to be right for. And it will open up new opportunities and probably shut some down that you think you might be right for, but realize, wow, over and over again, you don't, you don't fit that bill. And that kind of analysis, in our opinion here at Crucials is, is frankly lacking for most folks that just have a rough idea. And we all tend to reduce the number of jobs we apply for in part because, oh, it's the wrong industry or, oh, that location's wrong. And yet if you do a match and it's an exact match, but it's a different location and location is not a black and white issue for you, you'd be surprised. But people not doing the analysis just think vaguely or generally about things and and all of a sudden limit it to the same industry and the same location. And frankly, only four or five companies and then wonder why There aren't that many opportunities and the job search is really, really hard. It doesn't make any sense to do a job search on a very narrow basis that's somewhat seat of the pants, only discover in six months that you're not right for those and then say, okay, now I've got to do a bigger one. And now I feel more desperate because I'm six months into the the savings I had set up. And And now you realize, gee, there are other jobs out there that might be good. You could have done that in the beginning. You might still have ended up in the same industry, in the same location. They would have been included in your broader search, but you would be better at conducting the broader search if you became, if we all became a little bit more analytical about how we did it. Good point. And again, for for those of you who are premium members, we have a series of documents on the website and in your premium content feed that walk through, it's a resume, the job description, and then a mapping of responsibilities and accomplishments to that particular Job yeah, and, and just to, to help, to make it as clear as possible, the job description is for a project manager in the city of London, IT and telecom sector. The job description says, our client based in the city seeks a project manager to manage the full project lifecycle. By the way, this is an actual job. Um, a full project lifecycle to coordinate the business analysis, design, development, testing, and delivery of new analytics products and processes, as well as manage enhancements and fix to existing products and processes. You'll have strong relationship management skills and work well under pressure to being able to multitask. You will be uh, experienced and a practitioner of dynamic slash agile project management frameworks with a good appreciation of business analysis skills coming from financial services background. If you're able to deliver projects concurrently and manage multidisciplinary teams cross topics and possess excellent communication skills, apply now. <laughs> wow. It's an advertisement, obviously. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, that, yeah, it's an interesting one. Good. So summing up, we recommend that you apply for jobs that the crucial rule of job applications is apply for jobs that you have a 75% match to. There is no such thing as a perfect candidate. And you assess the 75 by breaking down the job description or the, the advertisement and then comparing your career management document to it. And if you've got two to three bullets for 75% of the responsibilities, you're in and you should apply. And it will increase the chances that you'll be successful in the next step if you do so. And it'll make you a better analyzer of your own background and make, make you consider more fully opportunities that you wouldn't normally consider. Awesome. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. I'll see you next week. So long. 
Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hey, if you want an easy way to review this material without having listened to the entire podcast each time, check out the Career Tools Premium content. You'll find all the details on Manager Tools, www.managertools.com. All right, folks, we'll see you all again next week. So long. <laughs>